Hi, and welcome to Follow Baptist Church's weekly message podcast. My name's Luke Williams, and I'm the lead pastor, and we're thrilled to have you joining us. We hope the message today inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. The Bible reading today comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 to 33. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as church is the head of the church. He is the saviour of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. When I think of this scripture, I think of the natural thing that everyone does, professional wrestling. And you're probably thinking, Adam, how do you think about professional wrestling after a piece of scripture like that? Well, I love wrestling and I used to watch it all the time. Not today with John Cena and people like that, but me and my mates when I was younger, much younger than today, used to watch wrestling when people like The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin and my personal favourite, Bret the Hitman Hart, were wrestling. We loved wrestling so much, in fact, that we started a backyard wrestling federation. And when I lived in Castlemaine, it was called the CWF, the Castlemaine Wrestling Federation. And we got so big and so popular that we actually entered in the parade for the Castlemaine show. And we all decked out in our costumes. And my costume was black and pink, just like my hero, Bret Hart. And uh, my wrestling name was Ryan Starr. And we all took on wrestling names and we put star pickets in the grass out the backyard and, and ropes and springs. And we would all wrestle each other with storylines and we'd record it and have entrance themes and everything. It was, it was quite the production. One of the great things about doing backyard wrestling is that you get to develop your own character, not just give it a name, but you actually get to, to figure out what they like and what they dislike and things that they want and that they don't want. And uh, I decided that Ryan Starr was going to be the excellence of execution. He was going to be the guy that knew all the moves and was the best at not only doing the moves, but reversing the moves so no one could do them on him. And, uh, and I had a rule for, for my character and I went to the people who decided who won and who lost and I'm sorry for anyone who thinks professional wrestling is real, but it's not. And uh, I went to the person who was deciding who wins and loses. And I said, look, I don't mind if I get pinned. I don't mind if I get disqualified. I don't mind any of that. The only thing that I want for my character is that he will never, ever, ever submit. You see, because submitting is kind of like the ultimate insult in wrestling. It shows that you're weaker that you're, you're, you're not as strong and that you actually don't have the moveset to be able to win. And you know what? I didn't want Ryan Starr to be weak. 
And when I look at this piece of scripture, I see the word submit in there a lot. And uh, it's a pretty challenging piece of scripture because if I look at how I understand submitting to be, and then I look at what it means for wives to submit to their husbands, I, I, I struggle with that and I wrestle with that. I'm like, really? Do, are women not allowed to lead? Are women not allowed to, to have authority? Are women not allowed to walk in their gifts and their calling because, you know, they're meant to submit? Are they, are they weaker? And I think that if we dig into this piece of scripture just a little bit deeper than what's on the surface, we can see that uh, Paul's trying to say something a little bit different than women are weak. Now, it's important for me to acknowledge at this point that uh, this is not just about marriage. You know, it's easy to look at that verse. And if you're watching this and you're single or, or divorced or widowed, and it's easy to look at it and go, you know what, this is not a sermon for me. I'm just going to tune out. Can I encourage you to stay in here. Can you can I encourage you to keep listening because this sermon is for you. If we're intellectually and scripturally honest, we have to see that Paul is talking about more than just husbands and wives. You see, Ephesians is a letter to the church in Ephesus, and Paul is talking about what it means to follow Jesus. What does it mean to be a Christian and to walk this life that God's laid out for us? You know, we first started looking at how we were dead and now we're alive and, and how we have a new identity, which is so different to our past identity, and how we used to have disunity, but now under Jesus, we have unity. And we used to do our own thing, but now God's given us a specific set of gifts and talents, and it's different for each of us, but we can use them for God's glory. You know, Paul doesn't radically just change gears and start talking about marriage. He's still talking about the church. This is about the church. So if you're watching this and you're not married, please stay tuned because this is a message for all of us. And that is what Paul wants us to, to see in this verse. So let's dig right into it. So start at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Paul says this, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives much, must submit to your husbands in everything. You know, this was a really common scripture in my house growing up. I remember the two pieces of scripture that I knew off by heart was this one and was also Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know, you went into our house and in the rumpus area, there was a big old sign on the, on the wall and it was in the King Jimmy, the King James version. And it was trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now, yet whilst that one was there, I kind of feel like this one, Ephesians 22, uh, 5, 22 to 24 should have been the verse on that wall because, you know what, it was nearly the daily that we heard this verse being talked about in our house. And the reason it was is because my dad was that kind of dad who was the boss. He was the leader. He was the authoritarian. And his word was, was it. It was, it was gospel. It was law. And I remember a few times having theological discussions and my mum would, would throw something into the mix that would be quite valid and valued to the conversation that we were having. And whilst it was never said, your opinion doesn't matter, she was treated in a way where her opinion didn't matter. And because she was a woman who had to submit to her husband, that uh, the, the thoughts and the ideas around the kingdom of God weren't valued as much as anybody else. Even me, when I was younger, like a 12-year-old kid who didn't really understand the word of God as, as much as my mum might have. 
And uh, I, I firmly believe that my dad did not understand the true meaning of the word submit or submission. And I think that if he had, he would have looked at this scripture a little bit differently. You see, he lived in this world of negative submission. And negative submission is domineering, it's, it's powerful, it's authoritarian, um, it's exclusive. But for the person who's, being submission, uh, who's under their submission, it's, there's lack of control and there's just a, an overwhelming sense of fear. And can I promise you that this is not endorsed by God? This is not the kind of submission that God talks about. This is the, not the kind of submission that God wants for us. And this is not the kind of submission that Christ died for. You see, Christ died for a positive submission. And that's a submission where, where the person who is under the submission of, of Christ or of their husbands, they still feel free and they still feel um, like they're able to contribute because the submission is not one of under the thumb and dominance, but it's one where, where the person feels um, they have, have something to add, right? Because the submission is loyalty, it's trust, it's honor, and it's cooperation, just like us with Jesus. And if we look at the real meaning of submission, it's not dominance and it's not sitting under someone who wants to be the boss. Submission is literally sitting under the mission. So wives, if you're told to be submissive and to submit to your husbands, you submit like to the mission, you sit under the mission. So what is that mission? Well, we'll get to that a little bit later on. You know, when I think of submission and I was, you know, I was thinking about this all week is what's a great story that I can share with our church about someone in the Bible who submitted to God? Because again, remember, this is about the church. God is using uh, 50% of this text is, is about Jesus and the church, not husbands and wives. So we actually have to understand what is the message for us here? We have to look deep. What is the message for us? And if we're going to be the church, how do we interact with God in this space? How do we sit under God's mission in this space? And I think one of the best examples of someone submitting to God's mission is Abraham. In Genesis 22, he's asked to do something which is downright crazy. God promises Abraham that he's going to have a son. And Abraham is old and his wife can't have children. Sarah cannot have children. And it's something that Abraham desperately wants. And God makes a, a covenant with Abraham and he, he gets him to look at the stars. And he says, Abraham, the, look at the stars in the sky. And that's how your descendants will be. You will have so many descendants. But Abraham can't even have a son. Now, after trying to have a son in different ways and methods, God blesses him with a son. And he pulls him out of Ur and he talks to him about going to a place I will show you. And he starts laying out all these wonderful promises for Abraham. And when God finally delivers on those promises, Abraham can look to God and say, God, I celebrate you in the victory. I celebrate the fact that you've done what you said you will do. But then God turns around and says, this gift that I've given you, the thing that you so desperately wanted in life, the thing that you so desperately desire, I want you to kill it. And he asks Abraham to go to Mount Moriah. And when he's at Mount Moriah, he says, God, God says, I want you to kill Isaac, your son. Now, Abraham starts preparing for the trip and he starts cutting wood. And the scripture tells us that it takes him three days to get to Mount Moriah. Can you imagine the things that are going around inside Abraham's head at this point? Did God really say that? 
Maybe this is a test. What if it's not a test? What if God really wants me to kill my son? The son that I've, I've cherished, the son that I, I've desired, the son that I've dreamt of for so long. And God wants me to kill it? He wants me to kill him? To destroy him? It'd be so easy for any of us to turn around and go, you know what, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that, Abraham, uh, God. But Abraham does it. And he goes to Mount Moriah preparing to kill his son Isaac because he was sitting under the mission of God. And, you know, I would love to ask us this question is what are those things that we cherish and we value so deeply in our lives that we are willing to give up to God? And what are those things that we cherish and value deeply in our lives that we are not willing to give up to God? Maybe it's our health. Maybe we've got health problems and, you know, it's easier just to go, you know, I'm just going to just push into the medical field, which is fine. Do that. But do we trust God in that space? What about our finances? When, when bills come in in unexpected ways, do we trust God with those? What about with our children? You know, some of you know that a couple of years ago, I, I had a medical uh, emergency and I thought that my life was actually going to come to an end. And I had massive anxiety over my own children. Is God, if I'm not around, who's going to look after my children? And God highlighted to me that I don't trust him with my children. Well, I didn't in that space anyway. You know, when we become Christians, we get the reins of our own life and we hand them to God and we say, God, take the reins of my life. Direct me where you want me to go. Help me to be who you want me to be. This path that you've laid before me, God, help me to walk it. I want to be your church. I want to be your children. Are we good at that? Or do we just keep taking the reins back? You know, I'm going to quote him again, and I'm not even sure if it's his quote, but I'm going to attribute it to him. Luke said, uh, when in a conversation we were having not long ago, is the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. And I think that's so true, is that we want to be living sacrifices for Jesus and to give our whole lives, our whole hearts, our whole beings to him. But when life gets tough or, or things come and curveballs ball, curve in life come and hit us, we go, you know what? I need to take those reins back, God. I need, to, I need to step off this altar just for a moment so I can sort out this issue. Are we submissive to God in everything? And I would ask you to search yourself, search your life, search your position right now. Is there anything in life that you are not entrusting to God? and not coming under the mission that he's planned for your life. You know, it's hard. It's hard to give all those things to God because we literally have to take our hands off the wheel, hands off the reins and go, God, I trust you to do it. But there's a way that we can understand what God's trying to do. And there's a way that makes it easier for us to do that. You see, Abraham didn't go and get ready to sacrifice Isaac because he thought, you know what, this is the right thing. He did it because he knew God. He understood God and he knew that God had never let him down. You know, Abraham lived in Ur with his father and surrounded by gods. But the reason he followed this God is because it's the first God that talked to him and told him to go to a place I will show you. And God lays out promises and futures and hopes and dreams for Abraham. And every time he does it, he keeps delivering. God is faithful. He's consistent. He's constant. 
And every single time God just keeps delivering for Abraham. So when this God who is trustworthy, who is faithful, who is reliable, says to Abraham, I've got something to, for you to do. Abraham trusts God to sit under his mission because God has done nothing but provide for him and care for him and his family. You see, the reason it's so difficult for us sometimes to go, you know what, I'm going to give this to God. I'm going to sit under his mission is because we've forgotten who he is. This is the God of creation. He spoke light into being the the stars. He breathed out the stars. He created everything that we see and everything that we don't see. If there's any pair of hands that is so capable to look after our needs, then we can sit under the mission of that person. It is our heavenly father. We need to submit. And I love it in Ephesians 5.21. It starts off by saying further to this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission is not a feminine trait. This is not something that just women do. Men, we submit to each other as well, and we submit to women. You know what? There are so many times in my marriage, Christine, and she'll attest to this, where we're looking at our future and we're dreaming and we're thinking about the best way to move forward for our family, and she'll suggest something that is so wise, that is so true and is so good, that I would submit to that. It doesn't mean that she has to submit to me all the time. We submit to each other, but more importantly than anything at all, we are the church and we submit collectively under the mission of God because he loves us, he cares for us, and he wants the very, very best for all of us. Now, husbands, it's our turn. Paul goes on to say this in verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. Husbands, we are called to be sacrificial lovers. We are called to give ourselves away. When we look at our wives, we should want the very best for them like God wants for us. That's our role in this. Be the man that your wife should want to sit under the mission for. If you're wondering, why won't my wife sit under the mission of what I'm trying to do? Perhaps it's because you're not being the kind of man that deserves to be sitting under. Now, I know that's bold and I know that's strong, but that's exactly what Paul's saying here. We should be encouraging our wives and the ladies in our lives, our daughters, our sisters, our mothers, We should be wanting them to walk in the path that God's laid out for them. We should be wanting them to realize who God is. We should be wanting them to walk in their gifts and their callings, in their leadership, in their preaching, in their motherhood, in every aspect of their life. We should be wanting the women around us to be the best that they can be according to what God wants. And most of all, we need to be sacrificial lovers. We need to be willing to lay our lives down for our wives. We need to be willing to lay our lives down for the women in our lives 
just as Christ did. You see, Abraham trusted God because he knew the character of God. Let's be the kind of men that when women say, can I trust that person? They go, yes, I can, because they want the very best for me. They love me unconditionally. And we can look at Christ the same way. Church, that's all of us. Look at what Jesus has done for us. He laid down his life for us. He gave up everything so you and I could live, not just in eternity, which we can, but right now we can live fulfilled and abundant lives according to the mission that God's laid out for us. Isn't that beautiful? But the, the question has to be asked, how are we going with that? You see, God's not changing. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're, we're called to, to follow him. And he doesn't change, we change. And we're called to follow him and, and to serve under him. So what are those things in our lives that stop us from doing that? Are there areas of our own lives that stop us from, from sitting under his mission fully and wholeheartedly? You know, we always give homework, but I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Is, are there areas of your life that you are sub- not submitting to Jesus? Are there areas of your life that you are taking for yourself saying, you know what, I need to be in control of this? If there are, I would ask you, and you recognize them, to submit them to Jesus. Submit them to God. He wants the best for you. God wants us to have this fulfilling life. It doesn't mean that we'll be rich and we'll have six houses and four cars and two boats. And, you know, it doesn't mean that. It means that the mission that God's called you to, the only way you'll feel free and fulfilled is in doing that mission. But you have to let go of all the other things. You have to let go of the reins of your own life. You have to get back on that altar and be a living sacrifice. And if you're struggling with that, if you're like, you know what, I understand that. I know I'm meant to. I just can't. There's the, the things in my life are just too heavy. I need to deal with them. Otherwise, I feel out of control. If that's you, then you've got some very specific homework. Fall in love with God all over again. Open up the scriptures. Look at who he is. Look at the magnificence and the hugeness and the, the enormity of God but also the personal aspect and nature of God in the character of Jesus. He wants the best for you. Review your life until now. Look at all the ways that God has has looked after you and prepared a way for you and kept his promises to you. There's someone I can follow. There's someone I can give the reins to. Yes, Husbands and wives, we love each other. Yes, we submit to each other, and that's a great way to do marriage. But more importantly, I think what Paul is saying here, let's submit our whole lives to Jesus because he's trustworthy and he's faithful and he's reliable. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you're trustworthy and reliable that no matter what we have going on in life, God, that you are able to take that on, that you are able to to take our anxieties and our worries and our concerns and replace them with peace and freedom. 
God, I thank you that you are in control. You created the entire universe, God. There is no one more capable of taking our problems than you. For anyone struggling with that today, God, I just ask that you would reveal yourself to them in new and exciting ways, that that you would be close to them and you would talk to them and that they would be able to see you, God, and hear you and release the reins, release the problems and sit under your mission to submit to you, the mighty King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.